on today's show, has Josh Christopher shown enough to earn consistent rotation minutes moving forward? Just how good has Garrison Matthews been? And do the Rockets need to focus on getting him signed to an NBA deal sooner rather than later? And Christian Wood's all-star campaign, as well as his contract situation moving forward for this team, all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and co-host of Locked on NBA Thursdays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Go check out our friends over at Truebill. I've got a trio of topics that I want to get into on today's episode, the first of which being, has Josh Christopher shown enough to warrant consistent rotation minutes moving forward on this team and how can he get those minutes if so with kind of a loaded roster once everybody's healthy just how good has Garrison Matthews been for the Houston Rockets some advanced stats to back up how amazing Garrison Matthews has been as well as his contract situation moving forward and what needs to happen on that front whether or not they the Rockets need to sign him sooner rather than later and then Christian Wood you know is he able to make a push for an all-star team this season? And if he does, does that change the mentality surrounding him and whether or not he is a long-term fit for this team or somebody that the Rockets should look to leverage at the trade deadline or this upcoming offseason before having to pay him big money? So let's start first with Josh Christopher, obviously coming off the heels of his best NBA game to date, scoring 18 points on seven of seven shooting four of four from downtown didn't miss a single shot was perfect the entire way of the game had two boards two assists two steals a block only one turnover uh in 23 minutes of run against his idol and james harden it was a really strong showing from josh christopher and he's had some really strong performances down with the g league as well so he's up with the team currently by necessity so what happens when Daniel House Jr. is back. What happens when KPJ is back? What happens when Jalen Green is back? Has Josh Christopher shown enough to Steven Silas and company that he can warrant consistent rotation minutes moving forward in this lineup? I think the answer is it's tough, but as long as KPJ, Jalen Green, and Eric Gordon are absorbing a majority of the guard minutes, I think it's going to be really tough for Josh Christopher to find consistent minutes moving forward. 
Um, you could maybe argue that he's shown enough that he should be able to take over the spot minutes from DJ Augustine in the second unit, especially if you've got other playmakers like Jay Sean Tate or Alperin Shingun or even Eric Gordon to a lesser extent, another primary ball handler on the floor with Josh Christopher, then maybe you can make that argument that he should be able to take over DJ Augustine's minutes. I, I find myself torn because I, I do think that Josh has shown more than enough that he's not like he's not a G League player. Um, and you could even argue you could even make the same argument for Usman Garuba that he's not a G League player, although I do think that for for Garuba, he has to work on his offensive repertoire quite a bit more before he's NBA ready. So that said, I think that Josh, that Josh has completely outplayed the G League level. The only reason he's down there is so that he can get actual adequate basketball reps. And, and he said that post game after the Nets game, where he was like, "Yeah, I was in the G League, and you know they basically just sent me down there so that I could play basketball instead of you know sitting on the bench for these for these games." And that makes sense, right? So that he's not rusty, so that he can get the reps in. But moving forward, and this will kind of parlay into my. Uh, segment talking about Garrison Matthews, but I, I find it almost a necessity that this team has to be able to find minutes for Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks moving forward. And that basically one of those guys should be on the floor at all times for this team, which is why I was such a, you know, such a big proponent of starting Garrison Matthews. So if that is the case moving forward to keep that shooting, to keep the spacing, I don't know where you find the minutes for Josh Christopher unless you sit DJ Augustine. Again, Josh has been incredible in the couple games where he's gotten like consistent run, like over 15 minutes. He had the, uh, in recent memory, that is, he had the game at OKC, the second of which where there was no KPJ, no Christian Wood, Jay Shantate exploded. In that game, Josh Christopher had a great game as well. He had 10 points in 15 minutes. He had five rebounds. He had an assist, just one turnover. It was a solid outing. When his number was called, he was ready to deliver. And then again, he had the really, really solid performance against the Brooklyn Nets out of necessity because the Rockets have so many guys that are currently sidelined due to injury. You've got John Wall, who's just out, KPJ, Jalen Green, Daniel House, and Usman Gruba. That's five guys. That is a starting lineup worth of guys that are currently out due to injury. So when his number was called, he delivered in a big way. Again, I think it's unfortunate that I don't think that there's enough roster space right now for him to be able to get to that point, uh, to be able to have consistent minutes. I think things will definitely open up for this team once the trade once the trade deadline hits, right? If if this team can get a couple guys moved out, maybe, you know, again, finding a new home for Eric Gordon. Josh Christopher can fit that mold almost perfectly. A great two-way guard who's got great driving kick ability, who can play both on and off the basketball. It really looks like he has worked tirelessly on that three-point shot to get it to a place where it's consistent and dependable. Um, again, it's it's looked great. It's looked night and day from from how it was uh, in, in Summer League. It's He's really worked on that shot, and I can't wait to see him get the rotation minutes that he deserves moving forward because he's talented. Right, the Rockets. I mean, Alper and Shingun has been, you know, called like the 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 steal of the draft at 16 for the Rockets. But 
Josh Christopher might actually be another steal of the draft at 24. Like the Rockets absolutely killed it in this draft. Credit to Rafael Stone for everything he's done. But coming up, I do want to talk about Garrison Matthews a little bit. Some of the lineup vision that I briefly hit on there for a moment. How good, just how good Garrison Matthews has been for this Houston Rockets team and what they need to do with his contract situation moving forward. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Truebill. Because do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Finally, right? Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscri subscriptions that you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. I know that that's happened to me more than I'd like to admit. On average, people save up $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, one click, one button, one press. It is that easy. Don't fall for any more subscription scams. Start canceling at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's talk a little bit about Garrison Matthews. So Garrison Matthews has obviously stepped in and, and made a huge impact on this Houston Rockets team uh, since, you know, getting tapped for some rotation minutes, but then especially uh, getting tapped for starters level minutes. So the very first game that he didn't start that actually resulted in a win, pardon me, sorry about that, that was weird, was the Chicago game. But he closed that game out because he was playing so well. And then he proceeded to start every subsequent game. As a starter, Garrison Matthews is averaging 16.8 points per game on an absurd 44% shooting from behind the arc on nine attempts a game. He's shooting nine threes a game, and he's making four of them. He's also shooting 50% from the floor, playing about 34.8 minutes a night. Uh, where else? Uh, pulling down about three rebounds a game, getting about a steal a game. That's about it. He has been absurd in this stretch. And there's enough historical evidence to warrant the idea that this isn't like a blip. This isn't just, oh, Garrison Matthews is, is hot for like 10 games and he's going to suddenly fall off the face of the earth and Rockets fans shouldn't think that they you know struck gold with him. No. He's been a historically good three-point shooter. Like, if you go back and look at his previous seasons with Washington, he shot 38% from three on three attempts a game, and then his very first year with Washington shot 41% on two and a half attempts per game. So he's got enough evidence to show, yeah, this guy's a bona fide shooter. He just hasn't been put in a position to garner this much success yet. And finally, he's in a spot that's utilizing his strengths. That's, you know, putting him on and like, not, I don't want to say showcasing him, but making him a focal point of what they're trying to do. And so far it's working for the Rockets. They're undefeated since they put him in as a starter. So he's been absolutely sensational, but past just the regular, like traditional, you know, scoring numbers, Garrison Matthews's Raptor rating is through the roof. So Raptor is another uh, advanced stat that floats around. It's by by 538.com. And it's basically another version of like a plus minus statistic. So if you're not familiar with Raptor, um, it basically takes 
a box score component and then like an on off component and like compiles it all together. And it's supposed to give you a better, like more accurate representation of like an on off rating, uh, like per, an on off rating per like, you know, 100 possessions. So this is the list of the best overall Raptor ratings in the entire NBA minimum 300 minutes played. Nikola Jokic is a plus 12.4 on his total Raptor rating. That's his offensive and his defensive Raptor rating. So the Raptor, or sorry, not the Raptors, the Nuggets are a plus 12.4 points per 100 possessions better with Nikola Jokic on the floor than they are with him off the floor. Second on the list is Gary Payton II from the Warriors, which that name is like very similar to how Garrison Matthews is going to show up on this list in just a moment. Um, and that also has to do with, you know, who he's playing with, the team he's playing on, how well they're playing. And it takes in no, none of these advanced stats are perfect, right? They, they all have like minor little flaws to them and you have to take some of them with a grain of salt. But that said, Gary Payton, the second does impact winning when he's on the floor. He's got a plus 11 total Raptor score. Giannis Antetokounmpo comes in third at a plus 9.6. Steph Curry comes in fourth with a plus 9.5. And then after those four guys, is none other than Gary Bird, Gary Legend himself, Garrison Matthews, with a plus 8.1 Raptor rating. That is unbelievable. Like, the, the fact that he is right there in the top five guys uh, in his plus Raptor rating, it, it's, it's ridiculous. His box score Raptor is as such. He's a plus 2.6 offensively and a plus 4.4 defensively for a plus seven net offensive Raptor score or sorry, box Raptor score. So plus seven points per 100 possessions. And then the on off Raptor score, he's a plus 11.4 points better offensively when he's on the floor. The, the Rockets are that I should say. And then defensively, he's a minus 1.5. So a net or a total plus 9.9 .9 for his on off Raptor score. And so then they compile all that. And then that gives him his total Raptor score of 8.1 which is just absurd to think about the fact that this guy a few weeks ago was in the G league, you know, fighting for, you know, a roster spot on an NBA team somewhere and now shows up and makes this much of an impact on a Rockets team that desperately needed shooting, desperately needed somebody to finally put the ball in the basket. And he comes in and absolutely starts making a name for himself. So here's the problem if you will, with Garrison Matthews is he's on a two-way deal. So currently, if Garrison Matthews plays every single available possible game from here till, you know, the end of the NBA season, um, the way NBA two-way contracts work this season is not, previously it's been like a total number of days at the NBA level, right? Which means like, even if you didn't play, it still counted as a day with an NBA team. They restructured that to where, two-way players can be active for 50 games um, before his contract has to be converted to a regular standard NBA deal. So if the Rockets just want to try to ride out that contract the entire you know distance, um, he has to be converted, or sorry, they have to clear a roster spot for him by March 6th. So there's a camp of Rockets fans that think they need to like immediately sign Garrison Matthews. And I'm of the opinion that it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen immediately. I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to imagine that those conversations haven't already taken place with Rafael stone with how well Garrison Matthews has played in his brief stint with the Houston Rockets. I'm assuming stone and Matthews and 
Matthews' agent have all sat down and had a discussion and just been like, hey, so he's playing pretty good. So I'd be like, yeah, he is, you know, and, and basically, right. Is, is this is probably a topic that's already been broached. If, if just ever so lightly about, Hey, we really like what Garrison's bringing to the table. He's obviously, you know, found a, a great home here with the Rockets. He fits in well. Uh, we want to get him taken care of with a contract, but we don't have a roster spot to do it right now. And I think that's going to be kind of the, the leg that Rafael Stone and company can fall back on is, Oh, hey, yeah, Gary Bird, you're playing great, but we don't have a roster spot right now. We got, we got John, we got Coach John Wall taking up a slot. We got, you know, we got, we got Daniel House Jr. We got David Noir, but we don't have anybody, and we can't just wave one of them. We can't just cut them. So I, I'd argue that Garrison Matthews being on this two-way contract isn't like a slight to him. It doesn't do him a disservice. He earned the two-way contract and he, you know, has to earn the regular NBA deal. And yeah, getting him signed to a, a full-blown deal sooner rather than later is kind of like a gesture of good faith. Like, Hey, we love what you brought to the table. We believe in you. We have confidence in you. Here's a fat NBA deal. That said, they don't have the roster spot to do it. I'd imagine that if his play stays consistent between now and the trade deadline, the Rockets are going to make a move with somebody, right? They're going to move Eric Gordon probably as long as he continues his consistent play. There's probably going to be offers on the table for him. They could potentially float Daniel House Jr. for like a second-round draft pick or something somewhere. Daniel Tice could potentially be on the move. They have options to move guys, and once and if they are able to you know, consummate a trade that then opens a roster spot, then they can revisit that discussion with Gary Bird and be like, hey, we want to get you signed to a deal now. Like, we didn't have the roster spot before. We have it now. Let's get you taken care of. On top of all that, he'll be a restricted free agent this upcoming offseason, right? So, you know, I don't think there's not like a worry of another team being able to swoop in and offer him a contract that the Rockets can't match. They will be able to match whatever deal gets thrown his way. The idea is just that you'd rather get him on like a steal of a contract like the one that Armani Brooks is on or the one that Duncan Robinson was on before he got his fat payday. And uh, that would be the absolute dream because you don't want to be in the NBA. You don't want to be the guy that pays Duncan Robinson or the guy that pays Davis Bertans. You want to be the guy that finds Duncan Robinson and Davis Bertans and gets to utilize them on a cheap you know, NBA deal and then let some other team pay them because right now Gary Bird is outperforming and outplaying both of those guys who are sitting on fat $20 million contracts. He's definitely way more, way better defensively than those two guys. And I'd argue he's better production offensively too, at least in this short little sample. So Gary Bird's been sensational. I just wanted to hit on those points there. Coming up, I want to talk a little bit about Christian Wood, his candidacy for an all-star team this season and has his production during this brief window of the Rockets win streak warranted a revisitation of the discussion of whether or not he should be moved. Is he a long-term fit for this team? All of that coming up in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, this holiday season, you can grab a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And yes, it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many amazing flavors to choose from. Double chocolate, mint chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. You cannot go wrong with a single Built Bar flavor that they have on their menu. 
Again, every flavor is incredible. They're great whether you're trying to lose weight. They're great whether you're trying to, you know, just kind of stay where you're at, just a little meal replacement as you're heading out the door in the morning. They're great if you're on a keto diet and you can check them out. Just built.com and use promo code locked up, sorry, locked 15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the sports this season. They got more props, more odds, and lines than ever before as football and basketball season continue on. BetOnline remains your number one spot for every single sport you could imagine this season. Just head over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% bonus on your very first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Rounding third, headed to home here in this episode. And I want to talk a little bit about Christian Wood because I highlighted this a little bit in the Nets recap, but it's worth kind of revisiting. Yeah, sure. Um, We'll go with that word. You know, it's worth highlighting a second time. And, And that... Christian Wood is clearly, God, you know, I'm so torn to say clearly, clearly, I'm going to go with clearly, the most talented player on this Rockets roster. Like, as it stands right now, as far as just sheer raw talent and skill, like Christian Wood's probably the best player. Eric Gordon's probably the most like polished player. Yeah, you make that argument. Like we had that debate a little bit earlier this season when Craig Ackerman was on the show and I was surprised when he said Eric Gordon, but then I thought about it more and I'm like, yeah, EG's the vet. You know, he's the proven commodity. Sure, EG, I'll, I'll give him the, the nod. Probably the better defensive player too. That said, Christian Wood is the focal point of this Rockets offense. He is talented. He has shown spurts of what he's capable of doing. And so my like question my question to you listening to this, my question for for myself, because I, I, you know, I'm all, I'm still kind of on the fence about this, is has Christian Wood's recent play warranted some reconsideration as to whether or not he should be the long-term solution for the Houston Rockets at the five spot, right? Um, obviously, during the during the 15-game losing streak, there was a lot you know, of going on of, you know, oh, the Rockets should just, they should just fire sale and Christian Wood and Daniel Tyson need to be moved at the trade deadline and Alper and Shingun needs to be the starter immediately and and all this stuff. I'm not convinced that Christian Wood and Alper and Shingun can't coexist on the floor together. Do I think that they can start together? Maybe not. Can they play together and have successful stints together on the floor? Absolutely. So I don't think like, you know, Christian Wood is obstructing Alper and Shingun, especially when you consider that Shingun as a, you know, primary playmaker and facilitator can kind of anchor that second unit. Now you'd like to see Shingun be able to get more than, you know, 15 minutes a night conceivably down the line. And Christian Wood does present an obstacle there, especially if he's going to be absorbing 30 to 36 minutes a night at the five spot. You have to hope that those two can learn to continue to play together so that Shingun can get more, floor reps, you know, and get up to the 20, 25, maybe 30 minute, you know, 30 minutes a night marker because he's that good, that talented. But with Christian Wood, over this seven game win streak stretch where he's been 
logged in at the five spot. He's only had the one game where he's had to share the floor with Daniel Tice. He's averaging 18.3 points per game, shooting just under 50 or you know, 49% from the floor, shooting 48% from behind the arc. He's grabbing 12 rebounds a game, two and a half, dishing out two and a half assists per game and averaging two blocks per game with a plus minus of 4.7 across these seven games. He's been since, I mean, sensational is probably about the word, right? He's shooting about four. He's getting about 14 shots a game, hitting about half of those seven, 6.9 of them. Nice. Um, and he's averaging about 30, 30 minutes per game. That 30 minutes per game metric though is skewed because of the one game against OKC where he left early. So has Christian Wood done enough to consider, you know, to, to, to change the perception that he should be a long-term fit for the Houston Rockets franchise, right? Is Christian Wood a max dollar player is basically the point that I want to get to because the Rockets have the rest of this season with him. So they've got this trade deadline, they've got next summer, and then they've got the following trade deadline. Now, I don't necessarily think that the following trade deadline when Christian Wood is in the final year of his deal is the optimum, you know, the optimal time to trade him because he becomes an expiring deal, right? So, and an unrestricted free agent at that. So any team that's trading for him doesn't have any, you know, amazing leverage to re-sign him except for they'll have his bird rights by way of the Houston Rockets. So I'm not hundred percent sure if Christian Wood is, is worth that max amount of money quite just yet. I do think that he has shown enough to potentially be like, you know, the, the second or third best guy on a potential contender. I think we've seen flashes of that and we're getting to see a a more consistent version of it through this Rockets win streak. And, and hopefully it's something that he can continue to carry throughout the rest of the season at the five spot. But that said, so much of the NBA is about timing and luck and roster construction and all of that. And there's a lot of timing and luck that goes into that. And does throwing a max contract at Christian Wood a year and a half from now equate to the best possible timeline for the Rockets to conceivably get back into playoff and, and you know, championship contention, right? Because if Christian Wood is your highest paid player on the team, because this will be this will be post John Wall era. KPJ will have a contract extension that will have kicked in by then if the Rockets decide that they want to uh, extend KPJ. Uh, his contract extension should be kicking in that 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 season as well, the same season that Christian Wood's uh, extension would kick in. So you'd conceivably have Christian Wood as your highest paid player, and then Kevin Porter Jr. is your second highest paid player. Does that duo warrant like a playoff caliber team? And then from there. Do you have enough cap flexibility to be able to sign or to be able to pursue and chase another impact free agent to then pair with this current Rockets young core? Or do you need to consider the idea that selling high on Christian Wood right now, the way that he's performing, would make more sense and then having that cap flexibility down the line to throw at a different player? especially when you consider the fact that the Rockets do have Alper and Shingun waiting in the wings right now on deck at that center spot, as well as Usman Garuba, who is definitely going to be an NBA caliber player down the line. You know, he he's NBA caliber right now. His offensive game just needs to be polished. Personally, I'm not ready to see this team move on from Christian Wood yet. I'm still hesitant of the idea of giving Christian Wood a max dollar contract. But that said, you got to pay for talent in this league. 
And if Christian Wood continues to play this well, you know, if he continues to put up numbers like this throughout the rest of this rocket season, if he continues to look comfortable and if he's flourishing at the five spot, then I don't see why you can't consider him a long-term part of this Rockets franchise. I've long considered Christian Wood, even at 26, I consider him a part of the Rockets young core, their young rebuild, right? Because even two, three years from now, as Christian Wood is, you know, 28, 29, kind of entering, you know, the middle of his prime, right? These Rockets young guys on this roster are going to be kind of coming into their own a little bit. I've equated it to kind of like, it feels similar to like the Denver Nuggets, how they have a wide array of like different ages on their roster where, you know, it's not just all concentrated where they drafted and grabbed a bunch of guys who were all right at about the same age. And so they're all, you know, maturing and, and you know, growing at the same time. You've got their, their big man, obviously, with Nikola Jokic, if I could just find his name on basketball reference that'd be super cool there he is finally yeah so Jokic is 26 right so that's why I've kind of equated it to their lineup Jokic is 26 you've got Jamal Murray who is I want to say 23 or 24 maybe 22 hang on where's Jamal Murray at wow I'm just derailing the segment because I can't read names apparently on basketball reference that's like super dope um, of course his name is going to be somewhere just hidden. There it is. Bottom of the corner. Anyways, Jamal Murray's 24. Um, I'm going to stop derailing this train because maybe this is a terrible comparison. Point being is that Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate should very much be considered, you know, as far as their age is concerned, it's not like they're supremely, you know, grizzled veterans compared to the rest of the young guys on this roster. They should absolutely be considered parts that can be here for the long-term future of this Rockets franchise. It's just a matter of whether or not the timing of it makes sense to have a big payday for Christian Wood down the line. And and also as far as his all-star chances go this season, you know, if he keeps playing like this and if the Rockets, you know, start, you know, scraping together some wins, if he's averaging somewhere around 20 and 12, I think he has to be in consideration for an all-star nod. The biggest problem last season was his health, right? He was absolutely right there on the cusp of securing, you know, an all-star nomination and then just missed out because of the ankle injury, unfortunately. I'd love to see him get an all-star selection this season. He's worked incredibly hard for it. And throughout this win streak, he's shown other elements of being able to impact games, be it defensively, be it as a playmaker, uh, just his gravity. And he hasn't been, you know, he he's shown like that leadership on the floor that you need to see out of a guy that you're potentially thinking about paying all that money somewhere down the line. So I'm excited about what we've seen about out of Christian Wood. It's still kind of it's still kind of the big question mark, but I want to deposit that to you, the listener. So if you think Christian Wood should be here for the long term, drop a comment, leave a review, talk about whether or not you think Christian Wood should be the long-term fit at the five spot, or if you think the Rockets should be considering trading and selling high on him while they still can. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. Please consider subscribing wherever you check out the podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. Also available on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Free and available on every platform you can imagine. But for today's episode, that'll be it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.